switch topics. I want to talk to you about sleep because we know sleep is important for athletic athletic performance. Um, mm-hmm. Sort of the first question, uh, looking more at the basic biology of sleep and how it, um, for lack of a better term, how does it clean the brain? Because a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who feel like they are tough by not sleeping. They're like, oh, I got four hours of sleep last night and I'm working my ass off. And But explain the physiology of how the brain cleans itself with sleep. Yeah, that's stupid. It's stupid to brag about. Not bragging about not sleeping is like bragging about not brushing your teeth, right? You're like, oh, I haven't brushed my teeth for three weeks. I'm super, super busy. <laughs> so, well, so a lot of the people that are, are your listeners, I think, are really interested in physical fitness too, right? So yeah. I can sell sleep. I can sell sleep right away and tell you that the longer you sleep, the more testosterone you release because testosterone is preferentially released during sleep. I need to sleep so a lot. Four to eight hours, you can double the amount of testosterone, which is like, uh. wow, <laughs> look at those biceps. Yeah, I sleep eight hours a night. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The um, um, Victoria Burgess, uh, she did her study on uh, uh, exercise in the morning or exercise in the evening and how it affected sleep. But so exercise itself doesn't seem to impact sleep duration. So what? When people say, well, I'm only getting six hours of sleep, what do you tell them? Because I always say, well, if you exercise, you'll sleep better, but that's not always true. You might sleep so, more deeply. So you got to sleep more deeply? Usually, because when, when you exercise, you do rela- release some cytokines like interleukin 1 beta, and that can promote sleep. That's also the cytokine that makes us sleep when we're sick. Um, so it can actually promote deeper sleep, um, a more restful sleep. So for her study, it didn't matter if you if you exercise in the morning or if you exercise at night, because the idea is some people say, like, don't exercise at night, you're going to interfere with your sleep. It turns out it doesn't matter, like exercise when you want, but exercising in general can is a great way to have better quality sleep that night, like deeper so, sleep. So I, I, just a quick, so one, one thing, and I, and I wholeheartedly agree with you on the sleep side, there are a lot of people that are rationalized, you know, rationalized from an evolutionary biology perspective. We probably were not able to sleep eight sound hours, right? Um, years ago or thousands of years ago because of a host of uh, different factors. And, and I, first, I, from an athletic performance standpoint, it makes zero sense not to get that eight hours, right? I always say to people, don't tempt physiology. Okay, do not tempt it. Try to, uh, um, you know, forgive me for using the word Joey hates. Don't tempt his, optimize it. But my question is, are we in a better position, I think, Dr. J, now in society where it's just, it seems like it's easier to get that eight or nine hours from a, from a, a perspective of safety, a roof over your head, the, 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 the better resources. I'm assuming, you know, 200,000 years ago, uh, you didn't get probably eight or nine hours of sound sleep due to a host of, or a variety of factors. Now, based upon where we are, though, take advantage of that unequivocally of that eight or nine, because we have the ability to do it uh, much more consistently. That's that's hands down, correct? Yeah. And well, it's, it is important to sleep eight hours to Jose's earlier point that when you sleep, lots of important things <laughs> when you sleep. But one of the most important things that happens is that your brain is, is literally cleaning itself, right? Your, your brain is metabolically very active. About 20% of our me- metabolic activity goes directly towards our brain. Brain doesn't have a way of cleaning out that to- all those toxic proteins that build up during the day. So the only time your brain really has a chance to clean itself and get rid of all that metabolic waste 
as one is doing nothing else, right? And in, in, in deep sleep. So there's a brand new system that they, literally this research just came out. It looks like some of the arachnoid matter does a pretty good job of that um, through some of these glial cells in our brain. They have special aquaporin channels. And during sleep, the matter, the, the tissue in your brain shrinks a little bit and you can exchange cerebral spinal fluid with your, um, with your the fluid in your brain, right? And that's a great way of cleaning out. That's the only time your brain has of cleaning itself out, the interstitial fluid and cerebral spinal fluid exchange during sleep. Wow. And that's why we do see people who have a lifetime of poor sleep are, are at risk for neurodegenerative diseases because some of those toxic proteins are beta amyloid, um, proteins associated with Alzheimer's disease, alpha-synuclein associated with Parkinson's. So it's, it's really important. And I would tell people that say, you know, from an that I, I actually think it's not true because when we look at hunter-gatherer populations, which is a lens into what the natural human condition should be like, they don't have insomnia. <laughs> they're sleeping just, just fine, right? And they're getting like seven and a half hours of sleep. Or so they're, if you didn't need eight hours of sleep, you wouldn't do it. Because if you think about the fact that what's not happening when you're sleeping, like you're not foraging, you're extremely vulnerable, right? Vulnerable to predation. You're not having sex, right? You're not doing any of the things that are really fun for your species. Yep. And when we leave humans alone in research settings and let them just sleep kind of ad lib, people sleep eight hours, right? And if you, if you like anything in evolution, if you didn't absolutely, I mean, that's really the minimum you need to do all the healthy things that your body and brain Got need it. to do. Yeah. And so for modern humans, we screw up because for us, the, the biggest mistake that we're making is just exposure to light, right? So light, we need that bright light, natural sunlight in the morning to regulate, not, it doesn't cause the release of cortisol, <laughs> but it, there's not, you know, not, it's not like one bolus of cortisol that's released in the morning, <laughs> like I heard yesterday, <laughs> but, but it, oh, you it, heard that one. All right. Got it. It helps well, to set the circadian rhythm for lots of these hormones. So wait, getting so, that morning uh, light and not light at night is one of the best things we can do. So it's, it's, it's mere exposure to sunlight in the morning that does what exactly? It basically, so in your, in your retina, you have these really stupid cells. Like they're really dumb. Are they, they called only, the stupid cells? They're called, they're called intrinsically photosensitive retinal cells. <laughs> I like stupid cells better. Yeah, but they're stupid. <laughs> all they know is there's short wavelength light or there's not. And that's all they do. And it's like right short, like 10,000 lux. And if they if they sense that, then they tell the hypothalamus, this clocking hypothalamus, bro, it's morning. Yes. Set all the hormone systems to oh. it's morning. And then as when there's not light, the cells are like, oh, there's no light. Release melatonin. And all those, that's how you get circadian misalignment is that when you don't have that sort of those natural light and dark hues, you can get thrown, your hormone systems can get thrown off. So what happens if you live in like a crappy state like Ohio, where you don't see sun in the winter? Well, I live in a, I, I work in a crappy building. I work in a science building. And as you know, science buildings are really sad. And, <laughs> but, <laughs> and but you can walk outside and see sun. Well, I don't have to, because if you can't get your own sunlight, look at here, store bought uh, is fine. Wow. You know, you do live in the sunshine state. You know that, right? I, this, is, this is what I work in a science building. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on those mornings when I come to work and I don't, and I haven't been outside, 
I just, because the cells are stupid. They're not like, oh, that's not the sun. (laughs) Oh, it's like 480 nanometers, 10,000 lux. Let's go. Okay. So yeah, go go on. I I have one more question. And first to those of our folks in Ohio, I love Ohio. Dr. A may not like it, but I love Ohio. I'm a Buckeye fan too, by the way. Um, One more question to pertain to sleep, if that's okay. Something that's really important, you and I have discussed a lot, Dr. Jamie, and to the athletes out there, right, that are practicing complex motor skills, um, I think sleep becomes particularly important because this is when this is when those skills or the neurons or the patterns, right, are really being created and reinforced during rest. So to a large extent, I know this isn't a correct statement, but just for the purpose of bringing a point across we're kind of learning when we're sleeping. Am I right? In a yep, way? You consolidate. Um, yeah. New, new, new memories are consolidated during sleep. Okay. So if I learn a new skill or a different way to throw a punch as an example, that rest obviously is going to help augment the, that skill down the road or even quite, quite rapidly, as a matter of fact, maybe within a couple of days of, of application. So everybody sleep. If you're in sport, sporting activity, you're doing complex motor skills. You have to learn new skills to win, to make money. Please take advantage of the eight yeah, hours in order to do that. Sleep is training. There's just no way okay. around it. Got it. Okay, how about oh. this? Uh, two very pragmatic questions related to sleep. The effects of alcohol on sleep, I eat wine or beer, and the effects <laughs> of marijuana, people love smoking that stuff down here in Florida, on sleep. So tell us first about the effects of wine. <laughs> All right. Well, I have to say up front that, that I do have a glass of wine at night. I have a French husband, so sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you disclosed that. Conflict of interest. <laughs> well, because I think it's important, you know, especially when we're in a, you know, as a person is an expert in nutrition, it's important, I think, to let people know the truth, right? Maybe you have a cheeseburger once in a while. We're not, we're not perfect, right? We, I, I do everything I can to get great sleep, but I, that's my Achilles heel is I do have some wine at night. And I know it's not great for my sleep. I've made that. <laughs> I've made that piece. <laughs> so with with alcohol, it works. Most medications, most things on the market right now that put you to sleep well, do so through modulating GABA. Right? If you increase GABA, you shut down your brain. So you stop your brain cells from firing, or you slow down the firing. So anti-anxiety drugs work this way. Right? They they increase GABA and they slow down firing rates. Alcohol works this way too. Most sleeping pills work this way. So all of these drugs work through different mechanisms through which they all increase GABA, right? So if you increase GABA in someone's brain, they're gonna go to sleep. (laughs) They're gonna go down or they're gonna be relaxed, right? Different variations of going down. (laughs) And it will put you to sleep. Alcohol is sort of a somnogen. It will make you feel sleepy it will change the architecture of your sleep though. So you won't get as good quality of sleep that you would have gotten. So even though it, it, sometimes people, you know, they drink and they get sleepy and they go to sleep. It's not, that's not really good for your sleep overall. So does it affect sleep duration, sleep? It can affect sleep depth because when you go to sleep, when you first go to sleep, you want to go into deep, get to deep sleep pretty quickly, go through light sleep and deep sleep, and then go back to light, to ram, to light, to deep. But in the first part of the night, you kind of want to hang out longer in deep sleep to clean the brain and all those things. And in REM sleep, you got to work through your emotion processing. 
And all of these things matter. This is what we talk about as sleep architecture and that alcohol kind of can influence the architecture of sleep. So it's not the, it's not the same way it would have been without it. So it's and not so a great idea to drink before bed, kids. Nice. <laughs> and I'm sure it's gotta be dose dependent too. I mean, one glass is okay. Five glasses, maybe not the best. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's how, it's how we do most things. Like if one is good, 20 is better, right? <laughs> well, what is there data on marijuana smoking and, uh, and sleep? Yeah. With CBD, there's more data on CBD, CBD and it's, it's, it's a little all over the place. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't think there's one clear answer. And I think it's, I think it's because, um, it's not always the same, like I said, it's not always the same dose. It's not always the same product. Study variations are different. A lot of, like my suspicion is CBD does what a lot of non-GABAergic promoting sleep medication does, is it calms your nervous system. Because right. the other set of um, nutri nutritional supplements that are on the market to help sleep do so by calming your nervous system. I just, because the biggest problem, not you, because you, because of who you are, Jose, but for us, the rest of us that experience anxiety, <laughs> like the biggest problem with most of us going to bed is we have anxiety. I mean, lay in bed at night and like thinking all your problems and thinking about your kids and all your neurosports conferences coming up. So if you can decrease anxiety, you can usually increase sleep. Oh, oh, oh.